Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here. And after a little bit of a hiatus, the Fog.net podcast is back. So the Combine was last week in Chicago. It started off in the week with the G League Combine, which took place earlier in the week. And that was a good opportunity for players to come and earn a spot in the NBA Combine. Mariel Shayok from Iowa State was a player from the Big 12 that went to the G League Combine and worked their way and got an invite to the NBA Draft Combine. So there was no Jayhawks at the G League Combine, so we're solely going to focus on the NBA portion of the Combine, which took place later in the week, Wednesday through the end of the week. So to give you an idea of what we're talking about, um, we're not going to focus a whole lot on the measurement side of things. Scott did a really good breakdown of all the measurements of KU guys at the Combine, kind of putting in perspective of where they are in their respective position group. Um, you know, for example, like hand size, wingspan, height, uh, settled a lot of things there with guys like, for example, Devon Dotson settled what his legitimate height is, Quentin Grimes. So you can find all that on fog.net. But today what we're really going to focus on is kind of what we saw in the scrimmage portion of the combine. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the shooting drills that the KU guys did and kind of where they fared in that and how that kind of factors in to what they showed on the court as well. Um, so starting off, uh, let's talk about Diedrich Lawson. So the way the combine works is you have two scrimmages. Um, you're given basically a team of 10 guys and you basically split time. So most of the guys end up getting about 20 minutes to playing time, more or less, um, because they play two 20-minute halves, um, just like they do in college. So for the most part, guys end up getting about 40 minutes on film for the NBA scouts executives to look at and analyze. So starting off with Diedrich Lawson, in the first scrimmage that he had, I really thought that the team set up for Diedrich in the first game was not as good as it was in the second game. We'll talk about the second game in a second, but in the first game, uh, Diedrich played with Taco Fall, and he played at the four next to Taco Fall, who, if you're not familiar, is uh, just a massive center from UCF. Um, I'm not necessarily, don't remember the height off the top of my head, but he's massive. Like he's bigger than Yudoka Azabuke, just to give you an idea. Um, and that setup didn't necessarily work for him just based on, you know, Diedrich's game. And we saw it at Kansas uh, when he did play with the bigger center with Yudoka. He, it took him a while to, try, to kind of figure that out. And he talked about the struggles that he went through trying to adapt to playing kind of the four next to a five that really can't move outside of the paint. And you saw it in this game. You know, Diedrich only scored six points in about 19 minutes, 35 seconds is what they had it listed on in the box score. But, you know, six points, two of eight shooting, and his only two made shots came from outside the three-point line. He went two of four from outside of the arc. And I think the reason that you saw him maybe struggle inside of the arc was because of Taco Fall. You're not going to get a ton of post-ups in these combines, uh, in the combine scrimmages, that is. Because a lot of it is guard-oriented, and the guards are going to try and show off what they can do. So it's a lot of pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop, and that didn't necessarily fit with what Taco Fall can do. So he had to kind of sit down in the paint, and then that made it so Diedrich had to go to that perimeter-centric role that we kind of saw him take on at Kansas in the latter part of the season. So I thought overall, the first scrimmage, it wasn't 
it wasn't terrible for Diedrich, but it was not as uh, positive, I think, as someone would have wanted. Uh, he did get eight rebounds, and I thought that he did rebound the ball well, despite there being just a massive center next to him um, to get rebounds as well. I don't have uh, Taco's numbers in front of me and what his rebounds looked like, but I did feel like watching Diedrich operate next to that big center like Taco, I thought he rebounded the ball well, but I think that on the offensive end, it kind of limited what Diedrich can do in his skill set just because of the spacing issues that Taco causes. And that's no offense to Taco either because he's just entirely fun to watch because it's like a video game and he's just bigger than everybody else. But it just wasn't a really good fit for Diedrich. He did have two blocks and a steal. I think one of the overarching things that Diedrich did do well at the combine was on the defensive end against guys that are his size. I felt like he did a good job of staying in front of the, the more mobile power forwards that you see. And I think the steal two blocks, I think that really showed that transferred from Kansas from what we saw from him down to the post where he's able just to get little swipes um, and blocks. And I thought that that aspect of his game on the defensive end was pretty solid. But now looking at kind of that that second scrimmage is where I think that things really did look a lot better for Diedrich and things changed. Instead of going with Taco where there's not a lot of space on the floor, he played with Nicholas Clayton from Georgia, who's a more mobile center, can move around, kind of a lob threat, can shoot threes. Um, I looked it up and he shot uh, higher than 34%, I want to say, um, in his freshman year at Georgia, but then kind of regressed and shot under 30% in his second year in Georgia from three. But at the M- NBA Combine, he was a lot more perimeter-centric, just like Diedrich was. And you saw him be a more efficient inside the arc, 10 points on four of eight shooting, and again, two of four shooting from three again. So what we see from Diedrich is that three ball looked really good from the NBA arc, you know, in the flow of things. Um, I'll talk about the shooting from the drills in a second, but he looks really good at shooting the three, confident shooting the three from behind the NBA point, three-point line. Um, and in the second game, he was a, uh, a plus 11, which is solid for his team. Um, got five rebounds, one assist, and another block. But I think that that kind of shows you foreshadowing almost of what kind of his success will be like in the NBA. If Diedrich is going to be successful, you know, it's going to be most likely uh, a spot where he can play you know, the five. And then if he does play the four, he's playing around uh, someone like a Brooke Lopez, who's a, a stretch five, a Mike Miscala, another stretch five, you know, someone that can help space the floor with him so that he can do stuff in the post, post up smaller fours, um, but also get out to the perimeter and use that passing that we were able to see at Kansas. And again, because it is a lot more guard oriented, Deidre didn't necessarily have the ball in his hands with an opportunity to create like he did at Kansas. So those assist numbers maybe won't reflect um, what he did at Kansas and what his passing ability is in, in total. And something I found was interesting from Diedrich and now kind of shifting into that, uh, the spot up drills that you see them do. Um, he was, he shot 40% if we're going to work our way around the three point line. So he shot 40% in the spot ups from the left corner, 20% on the left break, which is not good. And funny enough, that was where he made, I believe, one or two of his threes in the game were from that left break. And then 60% from the top of the key, that's the Joel Embiid spot where you see him shoot a lot of his threes. And then the right wing, he shot 40% and back down to the right corner, another 40%. So I think for overall, for Diedrich, I think the combine was good. I think it should be positive for him going forward into draft workouts um, over the next couple of weeks leading into the NBA draft. 
uh, there are some questions about, you know, he did get blown past uh, or blown by by Jordan Boone um, from Tennessee, a guard. I do wonder about, you know, Diedrich's ability to stay in front of those smaller guards, but that is something that on that most big men do struggle with is kind of having to stay in front of the, the smaller guards that are shiftier can kind of take them off the dribble. But I did feel like really overall, I thought Diedrich did look pretty good. Um, I don't know. I have to do a little more digger deeping on where he is on some of the mock drafts um, after the combine, but leading into the combine, I saw him floating around in the, in the fifties. Um, so really the back end of the second round is where he was slated before the combine. And I'm sure as the mock drafts get updated, we'll see, maybe he'll move up, maybe he'll move down, you know, as always, you know, it's not solely around, you know, Deidre Glossin. There are other guys that can move up and down depending on how they perform. So it's a really fluid thing right now. I think things can change if he does look good at, you know, draft workouts and depending on how he looks in front of different teams, I think there definitely could be a team to take a, a second round flyer on him. So moving on to Quentin Grimes, all in all, uh, before we kind of dive into it, uh, up and down performance from Quentin. I think that overall, though, I think that he helped himself a lot from the combine. I think that he showed that he can create uh, as the primary ball handler. Uh, that's not necessarily something that he was able to show at Kansas a lot. And I think that he, despite some of the shooting struggles that he had, I think that he overall did play really well on the offensive end, and he was really active on the defensive end as well. So in the first scrimmage, in uh, just under 20 minutes, Quinton scored nine points on four of eight shooting and one of three shooting from three, added four rebounds, three assists, three steals, and then two turnovers. Something interesting about the steals, he recorded multi-steals only a handful of times at KU and only recorded more than three steals once, and that was against West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament. So a really active game from him on the defensive end. And watching the ESPN broadcast of the Combine, uh, I found this quote really, really intriguing. And Kevin Flaherty from 247 Sports also um, tweeted this quote out, and I retweeted as well. But um, they cited an NBA executive as saying what Quentin Grimes did in 19 minutes at the Combine was more impressive than his six months at the University of Kansas. So that's something that's really encouraging for him. Uh, I did feel like in that first scrimmage, I thought he was really good. Just active. He was all over the place. Just overall, you saw things and you saw some confidence from him that you didn't necessarily see at Kansas. And then in that second game, though, he didn't shoot the ball as well. And that's okay. That happens. You don't shoot the ball as well. We've seen Quinton can go through some struggles shooting the ball when things kind of don't start off necessarily. You know, if he's not making those first two shots, things kind of start, you see him start to press and start to hesitate when shooting the ball. And that kind of started to happen in that second scrimmage. But what should be encouraging is that even though his shot wasn't falling, he got to the rim still and he drew fouls. That's something that he didn't necessarily do a lot of at Kansas. And that was something that a lot of people wanted him to do more of is be aggressive with the ball, try and get to the rim. Even if your shot's not falling from outside, attack, make something happen, force the issue. And I felt like he did that. Even though a shot wasn't falling, he forced the defense to collapse. He was able to create shots for his teammates. You know, again, shooting is a lot in the NBA and it means a lot in the NBA. But for Quentin Grimes in his game, I think showcasing his ability to create for teammates, 
you know, off the bounce and as a primary ball handler was really important. And I think that he did that in the second game. He played 32 minutes in the second game and they ended up playing a lot more in the second game because uh, they had an eight-man rotation instead of the 10 guys because two of the players did not scrimmage on the second day because of results on the first day. So first of all, towards the end of the game, it was a close game and he was asked to shoot the final two shots. He shot a mid-range, which was a very ugly shot. If I'm remembering correctly, it was either to tie or to put them up by one um, and basically just absolutely bricked it. There's no two ways about it. Hit straight backboard, not a good shot. He comes down, next possession, gets a, a decent look from three. The inbounds pass wasn't great to him. There wasn't a ton of time left on the clock either. So it was kind of forced and he, he just barely missed the three at the end. But overall, I think that the performance from him you know, was really encouraging in the first day. And I'm a lot higher on his second day performance. And I think a lot of people, you know, if you look at the numbers, the four assists that he had in the second day, that does not reflect anywhere near the amount of shots that he created for guys. I vividly remember two or three times where he would run a pick and roll and he'd make a really good pass to the big man and they would go up and, you know, miss it, have their shot blocked. Other things would happen. The defense would make good plays, but those are still good passes and good decisions made by Quinton. And I think that overall, he showed that, you know, with as a primary ball handler, you know, he can make those right decisions and he can set up his teammates and put them in positions to make shots. And that's all you can ask for in a point guard. And I know he had a quote or two um, about trying to prove to NBA teams that he's a point guard. And we're in a day and age now where, you know, basketball has become a lot more fluid. It's become a lot more positionless. You know, smaller guards are having success in the NBA. Then you've got bigger guards like Ben Simmons who are 6'10 and running the point. So I think that, you know, people can read into him being a point guard. Oh, he's not a point guard, blah, blah, blah. It's more of being the primary ball handler. And I think that that is something that he can be, you know, at the next level, of course, still needs to work on a lot of things. His handle needs to become a lot tighter. Um, I remember vividly, you know, one time he came off, you know, was trying to take his guy off the dribble. I think it was Tremont Waters from LSU. And he tried to do an in and out dribble, you know, and got to the in part and Waters was just able to steal it because it was right out in front of him. So just working on the handle, there are certain refinements that he needs to make. But I think overall, I, I was very encouraged from what Quentin showed us in these combine scrimmages. Now, as for kind of those shooting drills, um, from the three-point arc, again, going left to right, shot 60% from the left corner, 80% from the left wing. 40% from the center, 60% from the right wing, and 80% from the right corner. So overall, really good shooting numbers from Quinton in those drills. It just didn't necessarily translate to the game, which of course is what matters, is translating that to the game. But at least that he has shown that you know in those drills that he can make those shots. And also something I found was interesting is Quinton was one of six players to shoot off the dribble um, from the college line, which is um, 20.75 feet, and he shot... 75% off the dribble going to the left, 75% off the dribble straight up at the top of the key, and then 25% off the dribble to the right. So overall, again, really encouraging for uh, Grimes. So moving into kind of the the most intriguing, I think, weekend, um, it comes from Devon Dotson. When he declared for the draft, I think he made it very clear in that statement that he released that Hey, you know, I'm just going to test the waters. You know, 
I'm not 100% sure if I'm leaving. I'm just going to get feedback. May come back, may go, depending on you know what sort of feedback he gets. But I think that decision was made a whole lot harder from the way that he played uh, at the Combine. I think if we're looking at just straight-up intangibles, um, nothing that Quinton or Diedrich did in the, the physical testing really stood out. But Devon, with his speed, tied for first in the three-quarter court sprint in 3.04 seconds. He tied with Jared Harper from Auburn, who we saw in the NCAA tournament, and he is lightning fast. So, you know, Devon is one of the fastest guys in this draft. And then also, he had the shuttle speed of 2.8 seconds, um, which was tied for second with Jordan Bone, of, or sorry, was second to Jordan Bone out of Tennessee. So I think, you know, he showed that he's got that blistering speed and it comes across on film and when you watch him live. But I think that now that we've kind of put some numbers to it, I think it really does put in perspective just how fast Devon Dotson is. And when you look at the scrimmages that Devon had, it's kind of interesting. The The first game, you could tell that he was really trying to force the issue, um, trying to drive, penetrate, get to the rim. He had a really nice and one in the first scrimmage that I mentioned in the film room that we have up on fog.net. That's a free film room too. So most of the film rooms we do are VIP, but this one is free. So if you've not checked it out, I definitely encourage you to check it out. Some really interesting things that I thought I saw from Devon and stuff that he didn't necessarily show as much at Kansas. But in that first scrimmage, it was really kind of clear that he was trying to force the issue. Um, Eight points, uh, three of eight shooting from the field, 0 of two from three, you know, four rebounds, but only one assist. And this is what I thought was interesting between the two performances, what was kind of that, that creating aspect of being the point guard. Um, in the first game, really aggressive, trying to get downhill, trying to get to the rim, um, was really aggressive, came up with two steals, you know, was just a really in attack mode. You know, he talks a lot, Devon does, about trying to stay in attack mode at all times. I think that the first scrimmage was a really good indication of him being in that attack mode, you know, going at his defender, trying to make things happen. But then in the second scrimmage, you saw him kind of take on more of a, a distributing role, even though he did score um, eleven po- or sorry, 10 points um, on 5 of 11 shooting. What you saw from him then was a lot more of running the pick and roll with a former teammate in Grant Williams. Um, Grant Williams talked about it on the f- first day broadcast, I want to say, or maybe it was the second, but he talked about it on the ESPN broadcast about having the opportunity to kind of you know, give Devon Dotson some advice and talked about playing with him in, at the high school ranks. So the two of them ran a lot of pick and pop together, found a lot of success together. It looked very similar to what you know Devon and Diedrich did last season at KU. And I thought he looked really comfortable creating out of the pick and roll. Um, I think that's something that maybe, you know, he was able to show at Kansas that he could create out of the pick and roll, but the NBA is just so much more pick and roll heavy, um, more ball screen heavy on ball screen. So that is, um, on ball screen that is. And I thought that he showed that he could create out of those situations. And he came away with nine assists in the second game. Also got six rebounds, came up with a really, a pretty nice block, I'd say as well. Um, but overall, I think the second game, he, all, he really showed a different aspect of his game. You know, still got to the rim, still used the screens to get to the get to the rim and make things happen and finish. But I think that kind of the distributing aspect of it was something that we haven't seen a whole lot of from him um, out of the pick and roll, which I thought was encouraging. One thing I, that was a little 
concerning about his performance was just the shooting from the three point line. Um, he went 0 of 2 from three in the first game, 0 of 3 from three in the second game. But then when you look at kind of his shooting from those drills, he shot 80% on the left corner, 60% on the left break, and then 60% from the center, 40% from the right break, and 60% from the right corner. So again, he's shown that he can uh, shoot a pretty high percentage when it's uncontested in a in just a gym and working on the shot. You know, the shot he can make. It's just a, a question of does he have the legs to do it in the fourth quarter of a game? You know, when he's already played 15 minutes, 20 minutes of NBA caliber basketball. I thought that overall, I think his decision now is made a whole lot harder. And again, if he comes back to Kansas, I know Sam Bassini from The Athletic had him as a first round pick in next year's draft, so the 2020 draft. So if he were to come back, run point guard with Yudoka Azabuke again, really become more consistent on that three pointer and have a, this is going to, this is not a good comparison at all, but I'm still going to do it. Kind of put together a season almost like Frank Mason had when his senior year where shoots a really high percentage from three. It's just a really efficient player, a really efficient ball handler, not putting up the the crazy numbers that Frank was able to do in his senior year where he won the national player of the year, but something a little bit under that where he's just a lot more an efficient player, uh, a better leader and kind of tighten up just some little things in his game that I think, you know, like decision-making and the transition. Um, I think that's something that he still needs to work on. He tried to force a couple passes in transition that weren't necessarily there. That's definitely an area that he can improve on. But come back to Kansas, you know, kind of run things and and really show that he can be a first-round pick and he's worth a first-round pick because I think the talent is there, but it's just a question of when do you kind of go on to that next level and try and go and get that clock started on the on your NBA contract to get to unrestricted free agency. So May 29th is going to be a very interesting deadline. Um, That's coming up in the next week. It's going to be really interesting. We're going to hopefully hear about Sylvia de Sosa. We'll hear about Devon and Quentin. I'm fairly certain Deidre will stay in and Quentin too. I, I, I personally, my personal opinion is that I think probably Diedrich and Quentin probably stay in the draft. I think Devon most likely comes back. Um, but overall, I think it was a really encouraging combine for the KU guys. I think that they did help themselves. Um, maybe not to the degree that someone like, I think, Devon Dotson maybe helped themselves. But I think Quentin Grimes had a, a, a really good combine. I think Deidre Lawson had a, had a pretty decent combine as well. That's all the time we have for today. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU football, KU basketball, KU recruiting coverage. Got the RJ Hampton decision coming up in the next week or so. Or so, um, his dad has told two four seven sports. Um, we'll have some really good breakdowns, you know, depending on where he goes and kind of where he fits at the KU roster. Should he choose to come to KU, we'll have really good football coverage all over the summer. I've got a bunch of football stories I'm looking forward to getting after this summer um, and into fall camp. We'll have really good coverage as well. As always, you can follow myself on Twitter at mswain ninety seven. And with that, we will talk to you later.